Right, we are here, Ditch Diggers, Season 7, Episode 13. Ditch Diggers appear and ain't no wannabes here. With some not so nice advice for your writing career, to be clear. No punches will be pulled, but the punch may be spiked. How they like before they get on the mic. To my left, we got the mighty Mer Lafferty. And if I piss her off, believe me, she'll come after me. And her co-host, Matt. Evan Wallace on the right, yes she may be half as hype as she could take him in a fight. So settle in folks, buckle in and boot up. Time to meddle in a way to make your writer shut up. It's hard work, but the perk is that it's fun and exciting. Facebook will still be there when you're done writing. Ditch Diggers! I'm here with Cameron Hurley, who seems to be joining us from her mountain retreat. So Cameron, you have come back to play Not Matt again, and I'm very grateful. Thank you and welcome. I Yeah, I don't know why I keep showing up, Mer. I don't know. It must be a good excuse to drink. So, there we not go. Not that I need It's a good one. It's an actual good excuse. <laughs> yeah. No, it's good to be back. Good to be back. I always love, uh, I always love chatting with you and, and dishing, out, dishing out the tea yeah. about writer so uh i love this podcast (laughs) thank you that makes me feel special um well i have (laughs) it's it's been a a rather thrown again thrown apart day for me you know lots of things you know one or two damn it (laughs) i think you lost me i did I was trying to fix the thing in Streamlabs that tried to, to spam our guest, to time out our guest for saying something in all caps. So I was trying to fix oh. that. And then I remembered that a browser will show that, that that little window will show whatever browser I have up. So, you know, good thing I wasn't like looking for porn or something. So um, anyway, it's been I, I'm not sure if 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 Matt is alive. Um, oh, I'm gonna have to check i have not had proof of life in a couple of days and usually i try to check before we stream but as i said today's just kind of gone all over the place um tell us how you're doing cameron i'm not bad uh i've been making incremental slow progress in my book uh this last week but progress any sort of progress frankly uh is better than what I had been doing for a year. So I've been feeling oh, really great. good about, the- yeah. Um, you know, um, my Patreon stories keep, keep knocking those out every month. So that's great. Um, I, you know, I have cash flow. I, I'll take it. I have, um, I'm drinking a new, I have this blended malt scotch whiskey. I don't know if you can see it's, it. Okay. It's, it's really trying to, <laughs> I can almost really see it. Into my cabin here. Um, it has been so long since I've had scotch whiskey that literally I took the first drink right before we went live and I went, Oh man, I forgot, I forgot how, Oh, that is strong. That is strong shit. Um, it has been a while. So smoke and spice. Let oh, me wow. tell you. Um, no, I get on, I get on kicks because I was into scotch whiskey for quite a while after, um, in 2013. So I went to Brighton and then we also mm-hmm. went to, Borough and uh, Glasgow, and I got really into that peaty scotch for a few years, and now I'm really into gin. So it has been a while since since I've picked up the peaty scotch. So 
Yeah, the gin and tonic. I, I was off gin for a long time, but the gin and tonics from uh, the hotel in Helsinki were. Helsinki, yep. Yeah. I was. I was going to say that's what got me onto gin because I literally was was having those. Uh, it was actually at the Hugo reception. I was having those um, mm-hmm. uh, tonics, and I was like, "What the hell is this? This is delicious!" And I was like, "It's a gin and tonic. Have you never had one?" I was like, "Apparently not," especially with a real juniper sprig in there, which is. But it pretty- was it was the best gin and tonic in the world, literally. The best you- world. And literally, we are still talking about it. So yeah, and it got me into gin. So yeah, if there are any gin lovers out there, and you happen to have a chance to go to Helsinki. They have the best gin and tonics in the world there. They've won prizes and stuff. Yeah. And now, yes, phased out. You're lucky enough to be there all the time. Um, (laughs) Finland is great. So I am very excited to have you back because I don't know why we haven't done it. I think maybe other things distracted us from time to time. But um, I've been wanting to have you on to talk about your social media magic that do because it's you know people like us women who have the temerity to have opinions and be on the internet especially you know dirtying science fiction up with our nasty fallopian tubes and stuff um Mm -hmm. people tend to take notice and not like it and uh you have over the years developed the sort of social media uh skills that are Amazing, And I mean, I don't know how much I would have gotten, but I followed all of your advice. And as the first woman to do a novelization of a Star Wars movie, I didn't see anything. I didn't see any crap. I remember us talking about that. Yeah. Where you're like, I got a lot down. I was like, yes, you do. Because I remember, and this is awful because whenever I say this, it sounds like I'm blaming the victim. But when you hear about celebrities that are you know, chased off of a social media network by angry people for the, you know, like poor Kelly Tran. Um, It's like, you find out, did they lock down their DMs? Were they allowing just anybody to DM them? Were, I mean, there's, there are tools out there to protect yourself. And I, I hate blaming the victim, but my goal to have you on was to talk about all of your amazing treat uh, tricks you do to keep yourself safe on social media. I just had a sip of wine and I'm already not talking good, but, uh, <laughs> you've had a long day. Yeah. yeah. Second stream of uh, the day. I still say it to, I should be riding back here. It's going great. <laughs> uh, you know, I've been on the internet for a long time. I, I feel for people um, again, the people who really get in trouble are the ones who haven't really had to deal with it. And then they're suddenly plunged into some your stardom or some kerfluffle that they've, they don't have any experience dealing with that. Um, you know, I've been writing online since 2004. So I was used to locking down blogs, you know, really before social media was, I was widely using it. Um, when I just got used to doing that of, of saying, yeah, I'm going to get death and rape threats on my blog comments. How stupid is that? And, you know, so don't take it personally. It's, you know, people who are drunk or high and lonely and trolling the internet. Um, that hasn't changed quite as much. It's just more organized, um, and more mainstream. And I think that, um, some of it is, is about finding perspective and understanding when, let me tell you, Twitter has fallen on me several times and it does feel like the end of the world. It mm-hmm. absolutely 
like the whole world hates me. I've really fucked something up. I'm never going to have a career again. Holy crap. And literally you turn it off, you turn off Twitter for the weekend and you come back and it it's blown over. And it's like, okay, wow. That felt like it was the end of the fucking world. And it actually wasn't because it's not the whole world. Um, what you tend to see is it's a small concerted group of assholes uh, who will keep going and going and going until they don't get any pleasure out of it anymore. And the pleasure that they get out of it, of course, is you reacting, right? Yeah. Um, God bless another one, Chuck Wendig. God bless his heart. You all know my heart beats for Chuck. Um, he take he was taking him on there for quite a while, and yeah. when you pick him on and you rile him up, it doesn't help. Let's just say that it does not help because that's why they do it. And I think you have to understand you're not, you're not a real person. You are a something to do today, right? I want to yeah. scream when they get a reaction, get them riled up and have them cry and tell about how they don't feel safe and blah, blah, blah. That is actually what they want. And I think understanding their end goal makes it easier for you to not give it to them. Um, and again, that's not to say that, you know, that to your point, right? Blaming the victim, you don't want to do that. But there are things that you do to reduce some of that aggro, right? And I think mm -hmm. about that, you know, all the time. You want to reduce some of that aggro. Um, you can never get rid of it completely. But yeah, my Twitter's locked down. If you don't follow me and you don't have a confirmed address and you, and if, and if you uh, use uh, any of three or over 300 different keywords, I will never see your comment. I will never see it. And I, it's bliss. It is beautiful. I literally now follow like gardening accounts and science accounts and astronomy accounts. And it's glorious. I enjoy Twitter. Um, and if someone wants to, like, I think I actually had someone, well, someone came into my comments and then, and they said, uh, uh, something that I had said, Oh, this is problematic. And I disagree with you, blah, blah, blah. And I thought, and I hesitated and I went, do I want it? Is this worth it? And I looked at the person and I'm like, no, this is not worth it. And so I just muted them and I moved on with my day. Mm -hmm. But if I um, get into that and I were to surface that to the rest of my folks, there's that's how you create a Twitter war. And that that's a war on both sides, right? Of people who want to defend you, people who hate you. And it just, it just feeds on itself because they love to feed, right? Twitter, Twitter especially loves to feed. Um, and I'm like, this, this is not a hill that's worth dying on. I have shit to do today. I have a book to write. I don't need to, I don't need this drama. I'm 41 years old. Too old for this shit. Yeah. Um, so some of it's that too is, you know, I, I'm much more selective in picking my battles, I think, as I've gotten older, because I realize, especially now, like it has gotten super, trolling is super, very sophisticated right now. So unless you are willing to lock yourself down, and I did that actually, I had a Neil Gaiman piece uh that i did about a neil gaiman uh short story collection and i had another piece that actually came out in the atlantic and right before those came out i locked everything down i made sure everything was two-factor authenticated i changed all my passwords i mean this is no guarantee right there's no guarantee right. you're you know not going to feel it um but it helps it helps again you're reducing your aggro uh and that's always what i recommend to people is this is how it it's shitty but this is how it is when you speak publicly, especially with how sophisticated that, um, again, trolling has become. And the fact that platforms won't, won't uh, you know, uh, moderate their own platforms. Yeah. And so you have to, you have to do it. If no one else is going to do it, 
Like you have to decide, okay, this is the level I'm at, you know, that I'm comfortable with. This is the, the amount of discord that I am comfortable with. Um, but again, I, Twitter's very, very quiet for me these days. And it's wonderful for that. Yeah. Again, I slow down. So, and, and it was, and it was a hard decision, Mark, because I unfollowed everyone. I literally unfollowed my spouse. Like that's how bad it was. I was just like, I can't anymore because other people retweet things. And even if you turn off retweets, you're still going to see stuff sometimes. I just literally, I'm like, I unfollow everyone and I'm just going to refollow like astronomy magazine, science news, and people can still talk to me and interact with me uh, if they're following me and they don't use some of the many keywords, but I don't get like, you know, the pile on. So, and, and depressed. Like I would open, if you're opening your social media and it depresses you, then you need to change how you're using social media. And I think that's some of the problem too, Mer, is that no one has taught us how to use social media. Yes. No one has taught us how to do email, right? Yeah. It's just like, here's email, here's social media, go have fun. No one has taught us. And yeah. so we're all it out for ourselves. Yeah, I, I, I don't want to go into, um, you know, step-by-step how-tos, but what's funny is that while they need to do so much more, these social media companies are increasingly adding tools to keep you safe, but they don't tell you. Mm-hmm. It's like, there's, 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 I mean, I thought I was doing good blocking DMs from anybody. And then you told me all the things I could do to keep myself safe on Twitter. I'm like, is that possible? So you have to go into your settings. And I'm just glancing at my phone right now. There's allow message requests from everyone. No, you don't need that. No. Needs that. <laughs> yeah. There's even filter low quality messages. Hide message requests that have been detected as being potentially spam or low quality. This will be sent to a separate inbox located at the bottom of your message requests. You can still access them if you want. I've got that turned on. I've never seen any. I don't know if no one's sent me low quality or what, but I don't think I've ever seen the special inbox in Twitter. But um, there's privacy and safety. Please, guys. Two-factor authentication. If you don't know what that is, look it up. Almost everyone, almost every important uh, site has it now. And it's a pain in the ass. I just like me swearing and looking all over the house for my YubiKey to unlock Dropbox pisses me off, but it's safe. Two-factor authentication is after you do your username and password, you have to do a third thing. Can it be three-factor? Anyway, uh, you have to do a third thing to assure that to the site that you are you. Sometimes yeah. it. Sometimes they'll text you a code. Sometimes there are apps that can that d- create codes every thirty seconds, and then it wipes it out. And thirty more seconds, new codes come out. And uh, so there's a YubiKey, which I still don't fully understand what it does. I just know that when. Uh, my password program tells me to put it in and touch the button. I put it in and touch the button and it lets me in. So um, it's, you need two-factor authentication. Just look it up for your bank. Look it up for your social media. Look it up for your email. Those are vital. Slack, Slack, Slack. Discord. There's places that you are also having conversations with people that are, you know, semi-private. I would absolutely do that. And here's the thing also, though, Mer, no matter how much you've locked it down, we're talking about reducing aggro, right? No matter how yeah. much you've locked anything down, 
anything you post online can be accessed by someone. Anything. Yeah. And can be passed on and screenshotted and whatever. So, but this, these are just ways, just, I always want to remind people, if you're going to say something online, you better stand behind it, no matter where it is. Um, because again, either your account can be hacked or your friends, right? Who are on your Slacks and your Discords or your WhatsApp or whatever can be hacked too. Um, so that's what I was always remind people as well is, hey, lock it all down, but also understand that that is just a reduction of risk, right? Yeah. Lock your car and it yeah. doesn't mean your car broken into it's just going to reduce the likelihood a little bit so yeah so uh in twitter you can protect your tweets only show your tweets to people who follow you which means someone's gonna have to put in some effort in order to uh answer your tweet that they've decided offends their ability to survive or ruins their childhood those are always good uh, you can turn photo tagging off allow messages from everyone no uh Safety. Mark media you tweet is containing material that may be sensitive. Muted. That's my favorite thing. Muted accounts, 278. Muted words, only 23. I think I probably need to get back into that. Oh, yeah. Like, I can't, like, every, like, six months I'll go in and see if I, because a lot of times they're related to, like, a mass shooting or some yeah. kind of or something. So sometimes I'll go in and I'll, you know, every six months and I'll unmute things. But for mm -hmm. the most part, I mute like crazy and I've never regretted it. Never. Yeah. Yeah. I have. <laughs> I've been looking at all my muted words. Cool spider is one of them. For those assholes who post large spider pictures, I don't want to see it. So if you hashtag it cool spider, I'm not gonna. That, that, was, I've, that probably only happened once, but that was enough for me. But it's um, enough. I think, like, this is your channel, it's your yeah. space. No one is owed your eyes or your time or your attention. This is a tool, right? And like any tool, you need to make it work for you. And if it's not working for you, I deleted my Facebook. I couldn't oh, yeah. make it work. For um, I deleted it and because it was making my, me, giving me turn and I was upset and it was terrible trying to decide which racist, you know, uh, relative that I would unfriend and how much of drama that that would cause. And I said, you know what? I'm just getting rid of it. I'm just getting rid of it. I don't want to deal with it. Facebook is horrible and doesn't give me the, you know, stuff that I need to make this channel work for me. So I got rid of it. Um, and that's always the thing. If a social media platform isn't working for you, screw them. Becky Chambers doesn't do social media. She's like, I just don't like it. I don't like it. I don't like, she has a newsletter, an email newsletter. She sends out, you know, every couple of months and that's it. And that's okay. Yeah. Your time is fine. You know? Yeah. Yeah. That's very important. Um, also, there are tools out there that uh, you can find yourself. Um, you can find a lot of block lists. So if, you know, there are, say, advocates in the BIPOC crowd who have grabbed a whole bunch of troll accounts that are racist as hell, and they put them on lists, and this happens for... Uh, a lot of groups of people who've tried to, and I, I'm sure there's like, there's some programming behind it to be able to find things via keywords. I don't know how it's done. I just know that they make these block lists and you can block them. So using the block list, I have blocked 167,383 accounts. I'm sure some of those were me, me blocking them, but not all of them. 
Um, Numbers Ninja says, the thing I don't understand is why some people feel blocking is a last resort thing. It's so easy to block people and never see them again. I think it has something to do with politeness. Mm. No? Do you disagree? Not for me. me. You can go ahead with the politeness thing and then I will give you my tech. Okay. Well, I remember um, when I went back to school and got my MFA. I'd been off Facebook, but every single person, this was a little residency program, so we wouldn't be seeing each other very often. So we, they said everybody was on Facebook and I'm like, fine, I'll get back on it. So I got back on it and we had a guy in the group who, I'm not going to say who, like how he was, but let's just say that his political beliefs were directly opposite from everyone else in the group. And if you posted anything that was pro-Obama or anything progressive, he would just get all up in your face. And I let that happen like twice. And I was like, no, I just blocked him. And the, the funny thing was, is that I would see other people post something progressive and then I would see it was like they were yelling at a wall because I didn't have to see the assholes responses, but they were deciding to still interact with him. So I'm seeing their arguments. I'm like, just fucking block him. Life is too short. And I think people really felt like you can't block him. We're in the same class. And I think a lot of it is that Uh, a lot of people think that you they've tried to push the uh, thought that you they you owe them your attention like they want to come in and debate I love the guys who feel that they're owed a debate because if they can out debate you then they win like like, devil's here for a minute yeah yeah like you know uh, the thing is I'm shitty at debating but I know my beliefs so you're not going to change them if you feel like you need to debate me and you quote unquote win I know that's not a skill I have, but it doesn't mean you're right. So uh, how how do you feel about the the, the blocking? The blocking uh, I'm not on Facebook, so I don't deal with that. But Twitter, uh, Twitter is notorious for I want to harass this person until she blocks. Oh, um, okay. that is a game, right? That's a game that they love to play. Um, a lot of these trolls love to play is how much can I harass them before they block me? So what I love to do and Scalzi does this too, is I just mute them Yeah. because the best part about muting is they just keep yelling and they keep yelling at you and they get more and more wound up and you don't see anything yeah. and there's never an end game because they're never blocked. So I'm like, I just won the game yeah. and it's lovely. So that's, that's my thing. I think, I think when I was younger, yeah, especially, I think that's why I got rid of Facebook is, you know, how many of my relatives do I want to offend and make it a big to do? And then, um, so I got rid of it, but when it comes to Twitter, I realized I started to see a lot of people like, I really, it was like a badge of pride. I was blocked by John Scalzi. Mm -hmm. I was blocked by, you know, whoever, whatever. Uh, and it was like this badge that they wore. I mean, you know, loser but whatever um that they were disappointed pride and so i like the idea of just letting them kind of be angry and type at me for hours and hours and me just sit and enjoy my life Mm -hmm. i'm gonna uh check in on chat um sorry there's a lot of talk about how uh people are the, the social media networks make money from 
engagement and trolling creates a lot of engagement. So uh, Will says, I've worked with people in the media, celebrities, and there have been times when their Instagram or Facebook has unlocked their DMs and the trolls, stalkers hit the right away. So like the, the system unlocked or did they get hacked and unlocked or what happened there, Will? Um, Sometimes it happens, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, uh, Kids Are Asleep says Authy is a good authenticator app. Which one do I use? I can't remember the name. I think the one I use is called Authenticator. Original um, name. There's also a Google Authenticator. And yes. there's, there's all sorts of ones. And I think it depends on the platforms. Like some platforms just prefer specific authenticators. So there's also LastPass, um, yes. which is, yeah, my, my work uses LastPass, and that's a really good one for storing all your passwords and, and regenerating new passwords. It's yes. just that it's given. For me personally, I'm considering it. Um, we'll see what... <laughs> now every time I'm like, oh, I'm going to write this really great political blah, blah, and I'm like, maybe I'll invest in LastPass. <laughs> LastPass, we've, we've had it for years. We have a family plan, and it's, it's excellent. LastPass is a secure password keeper, so... You need a master password and you need put LastPass on two-factor authentication. Oh my God. Yes, please do that. And, but then if you clear the LastPass two-factor authentication, then it'll fill in your passwords on your site. Uh, sometimes, like I, I cranked mine, the security up. So like it'll only do it for a certain number of minutes before I have to do it again if I want to log in somewhere else. But um and it's and it's a pain in the ass. Like I said, I don't like two-factor authentication, but it is a necessary tool. It's like saying yeah. you don't like how confined a seatbelt makes you. Okay, still you're yeah. not dying. Um, yeah. And it's very. Uh, I'm just gonna say a seatbelt's no, a great analogy because you know we wear the seatbelt you know 100 percent of the time for the point zero one 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 percent time that we need it, right? Yeah, and that's exactly yeah. Yeah. Um, Underpope says, I'm sad that it's so much worse for women and BIPOC online than for white men. Yeah. It's. It is what it is. Yeah. Yeah. Take it. Yeah. MMOs broke me of that concern long ago. Uh, Dice Lily, do you mean the concern of guilty of blocking people? Um, debate me is just a way to spread toxic arguments. Deplatforming is the way to shut it down. Yes, kids are asleep. Um, okay, so, so Will says the system was unlocked for the celebrities that got, uh, got, uh, uh, their DMs were turned on. Um, so yeah, what you need to do is go into, just go into your settings of your social media and see how much you can turn off. You can, like, I love that Twitter added the, you can't reply unless you follow me. Uh, mm -hmm. Some people have used only certain people can reply to this thread. I have a, mm -hmm. a black friend. Uh, she's a very loud, on, awesome black woman. And because of that, she gets crap. And she's uh, a lot of her tweets are, yeah, you got to have you got to have permission to even respond to it. Yeah. Um, Yes, many of the same behaviors in online gaming chat as you find on other social media platforms. Yeah. I never really did game a lot with strangers, and there was a lot of muting of the global uh, chat in major Warcraft cities. You still play Warcraft, don't you? 
Uh, I do. I'm not right now, but yeah, usually as a reward for every book I finish, I give myself 30 to 60 days of wow time. So, Oh, that's, gotta, that's cool. Yeah, it's, it's a good reward for me. Um, and that way it also is usually, again, that means it's like eight to 12 months between the times when I turn it on and that way there's new content and other stuff to do. And then I'm interested in it again. So yeah, I love wow. Do you have any problems with online gaming and this kind of harassment? Weirdly, no. I mean, any general chat is going to have, especially again, during election nonsense, it was like, oh my God, you know, general. But, uh, you know, also a great way to avoid that also is to play WoW Classic, which Mm -hmm. has mostly people. And uh, the older people are pretty much just there to uh, make friends, to help them level up. Mm -hmm. Uh, And that, that's, that actually has been a lot easier because with WoW Classic, you have to make friends in order in order to level. Like it's so easy now, right? With standard WoW, it's like oh, I'm level three now. You know, um, WoW Classic, you grind your ass off. I mean, you want to yeah. kill hotter? You better get five friends, girlfriend. Yeah, I was. So I, I, WoW Classic is. And again, and I, I love the crowd, I guess, at least on my server, for WoW Classic a lot better. I have them, like, literally stop and be like, oh, here, open a trade channel. Oh, here's some here's some sacks, you know, like eight or ten slot bags. And, mm-hmm. oh, here's, oh, you need, here's some potions for your level, because they know how hard it is. Um, and yeah. I, I really like better than, you know, entitled WoW. Yeah, I, um, I, I still feel that, you know, complaining about erasing college debt because you had to pay college debt is like complaining about vaccines when, you know, you had polio. But honestly, I understand it a little bit because I was there in the beginning of WoW and I know how hard it was. I remember how hard it was to get those 40 gold you needed for a mount. I didn't do it. I had, uh, I had a friend who was playing no no spouse, no child. So she was playing a lot and she would grind and get a whole bunch of money. And I could not have gotten my mount without her giving me money. It was so hard. And now, you know, I, I fully believe in giving the next generation better than we got. But I do think it's like, damn, you don't know how bad it was in classic. Wow. You have no idea. Don't even understand. That was the greatest part because I was again I'm, me and the olds playing WoW Classic, and some newbie you know gets on the server and is like, "Oh, if I have to wait until you know level thirty to get a mount, then you know that's no problem." And we all laugh. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> you young thing. So yeah, but no, and I, I think gaming is a little different. Gaming is like you intrinsically change the experience of playing the game. And the emotional experience, like I, I could play it as a meditation, mm-hmm. um, as I knew that I just have to run for 40 levels to get between, you know, Red Ridge and Stormwind, you know, for 40 levels, I just have to run and there's nothing I can do about it. And so it's a much more, it's a much different experience, um, than the other. And sometimes I do just want to hit stuff in the face and level up and get beautiful bling and go to new places mm-hmm. and then I'll play the but they are different gaming experiences. Yeah. Um, frankly, that's very different to me than, you know, uh, I think that you should have to work off, you know, $80,000 in debt versus I don't think you have, should have to be in debt because education should be free, you know? So. Yeah. Different. Yeah. 
So, uh, Vale Who Fights Cats says, The fact that people send bags to new players in WoW Classic renews my hope in humanity. It did! Yeah. It did for you. Like, literally, I was like, everyone is just so nice. <laughs> and so, and one guy, one time, one guy was going out giving one gold to all of the uh, the first and second uh, level players. In, oh, my um, God. Whatever it is. Yeah. And it was like... Oh my gosh, thank you. And he's like, oh, I know what it's like. And I'm like, <laughs> love this server. I love you old old classics. Yeah. Wow. That almost makes me want to get back into it. Right? Wow, classic. And again, I guess it, it like anything, it depends on the server, but I yeah. do think that classic is definitely a different audience for sure. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's it's the newer stuff, so I, I don't Tell me exactly what WoW Classic is, because you just said there would be new content. Is that new content for WoW Classic, or does that mean you no. don't get the, the extra uh, races that came out after the original? What exactly no. is in WoW Classic? WoW Classic, uh, the last ver the version I played before, now they, they're up to Burning Crusade version, whatever. But it was like, it's up to a certain version number mm -hmm. of the 2007 or 2008 version uh of wow and it's like they're just like hey we everything that you got from wow up to this specific version number is going to be in there and now they're up to like they added burning crusade so they're like up to version blah 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 burning burning crusade um and it's it's very similar it's a little it's like literally i think i started playing in 2007 2000 yeah 2007 and it's a little bit before that so it's a, it's like a couple versions before that. Cause there are definitely some things where I'm like, Oh yeah, this is a little harder than it was for me in 2007. So, yeah. Yeah. I was playing in, uh, 2001 and two. So, Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. Early days. Early days. Yeah. And, uh, but I, I, I had a clan or a guild or whatever we called them, but I couldn't keep up with them because none of them had kids. So oh, yeah. they would basically they'd be playing before I got online. And then when I had to get offline, because oh, I needed to go to sleep. They were still going. I never oh, once. I have never done a raid. Really? Yeah, because I was never oh. online at the same time they were. And I understand it takes a, a it's a lot longer than like major quests. It's it's like. It is, yeah. So I never <laughs> had that block of time free at the same time that my friends were doing it. So, yeah, I never raided. I feel like a raid virgin or something. But virginity is a social construct, so. There you go. Uh, well, you know, I, uh, again, I, I was in, the reason I got into it is because I was a technical writer. And so I was put with the IT team, which was all dudes, actually, at the time. Uh, and they all played WoW. And so I was like, this, and they would just come in because they played it for like hours and hours, right? Every night. And they'd come in and talk about it. And I was like, this sounds really interesting. So then I started and they all helped me, right? And he helped mm -hmm. you level and this is really great. This is fun. Um, and, uh, and actually wow now has a raid finder. So if you want to join a group who's doing a raid, like it will automatically like pair you with a group, which is cool. Yeah. Yeah. I, I still don't like, um, raiding. I don't like playing with strangers. Um, in part because of everything we're talking about, that is the topic of this podcast that we stopped talking about. And we started talking about wow. Yes, but yes. also because you just it's it's I almost always play a healer and oh, being yeah. a stranger <laughs> and being a healer is just like people are just I like was, oh. follow me and heal me while I go into this dragon's mouth. 
ally lure all the mobs to yeah. you and out through everything. I was playing us. Uh, I was playing City of Heroes back in the day, and I wasn't a terribly high level healer, but none of my friends were on, and so a guy invited me to his group, and he would run in and just you know completely Leroy Jenkins the thing. And he would, I would heal as fast as my character could, and then I would run out of spells, and then we'd both die. And then we'd respawn and be like, all right, let's go again. And I'm like, yeah, no, <laughs> you don't know how to play this. It's not you get to run in and I just heal you. There's got to be a little bit of strategy here. I was with a group, um, yeah, someone invited, and it was Wild Classic. So it's like, yeah, the healer knew what they were doing. I knew what I was doing. I play tank, mm-hmm. I play Warrior Tank. All the time. I piddle around with other things, but I'm a warrior tank, obviously. Um, and someone else who was also supposedly playing tank, and oh, yeah, someone who clearly, clearly could not play tank, just aggroing all the shit, running around, not getting between the healer and the mob. I was just like, what are you doing? You'll be unsurprised that this person was part of a guild called Trump Loyalists doesn't know how to tank the shit out of anything i was not surprised wow yep yeah okay tanks yeah a good tank is is just like gold man oh i love tanking yeah yeah i'm very bad at it but that's why i like to help other tanks yeah um let me make sure i didn't miss anything um Kids are asleep. Says I stopped playing WoW before I had kids. That was probably wise, Val. It, it, yeah. Um, I started watching a stream the other day, and they were going into mana tombs, and I found myself getting anxious just watching it. <laughs> yes. Remember, play MMOs like at any point your pickup group could be full of all your favorite authors who are now disappointed in you. <laughs> yes. Good point. Good point. I love it. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. We're just going to log on to WoW and disapprove of people. (laughs) Oh, man. I know there's a lot of of writers who play games, but I don't know if there's any one that we all gravitate to. I know N.K. Jemison Mm -hmm. plays a lot of Skyrim and plays a lot of... uh, She plays a lot of single-player murder games, like... uh, now I can't remember. I know she's played a lot of super violent games and Skyrim. She she likes to steal she cheese in Skyrim. That's her thing. Doesn't she like the Mass Effect games too? I think so. Yeah, because I, I love the Mass Effect and Dragon Age games. Yeah, yeah I played those. But, um, and I know we've done, I've done Among Us games with other authors for charity, which is interesting. And, um... Yeah, the time we didn't have enough authors to fill out the team, and we started letting, like, it, it was for a virtual con, and we started letting uh, the audience join us, and they, uh, it turned out to be all the kids of the people in the audience because they knew how to play the game and their parents didn't. So, a bunch of authors running around, possibly murdering children. We don't know. That was weird, I gotta say. <laughs> But uh, we're getting way off topic, but I love talking about gaming, so... uh, It's Twitch, listen, so... Yeah, yeah, fine, it's fine. But, again, to your point, there there are some shared things of how how do I find, you know, the right platform, and, and, you know, do I leave a server because it's full of dickheads, you know? A guild called Trump Loyalists. I mean, yeah, I get it. Um, So, actually, 
you have a social media um, ability, or your assistant does, that, that I'm always impressed with. Um, could we switch gears a little bit and just talk about how you use social media uh, for marketing? Because would you, I mean, I know you technically with your Patreon support, uh, I suppose those, those stories are technically self-published, but you promote your Patreon for your stories. So you're, it's, I'm really getting off topic here. Mainly saying, how much do you feel social media is important to your marketing as an author? Um, it's important for the Patreon. Certainly. Um, there's a lot of churn, as you know, with Patreon, mm-hmm. where it's like, well, in, you get people out. Uh, and what I found was that when I stopped talking about Patreon, haha, surprise, surprise, n- you know, I wouldn't replace the churn. Right. Um, Patreon is a huge source of, you know, income for me. Um, and so I want to remind people that it's there and Twitter's my biggest platform. Uh, but I also use Instagram. So occasionally, again, when there's a new story up, you know, I'll, I'll post it there or my assistant posts it there. Um, but yeah, I, I do. I have a pretty, um, I don't want to say rigid, but I have a pretty regular schedule on Twitter of like, okay, I'm going to remind people. Also, great thing, remind people I have an Etsy store. If mm. people don't know Etsy store, they're not going to order things. Surprise, surprise. If they don't know you have a Patreon, they're not going to su- you know, subscribe to it. Surprise, surprise. Um, and Twitter's one of those platforms where you can post something two or three times a day, as long as it's at different times. And it doesn't feel like spam because very few people are on there like 12 hours a day, just scrolling through their feed. So, and if they are, um, they have other problems than an author to ask. And you know, you or unfollow you and whatever. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so I use Twitter especially but again a little bit with instagram just to um yeah but to remind people right oh you're enjoying all of this free content awesome mm-hmm. you're dr- drunk tweeting of rebel on abc uh you know hey if you want to support this throw in a one-time tip hey if you want to support this you know go to patreon hey if you know you want to get, get a signed book then go to etsy so i think again it's just one of those things again my day job is marketing and advertising and i know like if you don't talk about it you know no one's gonna know about it and then you're gonna not sell anything <laughs> yeah i think a lot of people feel awkward promoting themselves a lot but they think mm. I've made a have made a post today if i do another one that's too much but the thing that really um made it clear for me is uh, the artist John Picasso was doing a Kickstarter for one of his projects and he was promoting maybe three times a day I think he felt like he was over promoting he worked his butt off he promoted the hell out of that thing and right after the Kickstarter ended he heard oh I didn't realize you had something going on can I still get in on that and he finally decided he's like no i can't open this up again this so it's like that that really showed me that yes just like everybody else i mean i don't use twitter all day i peek in and i see a little bit what's going on so um you have the backyard that i'm pretty sure you're building narnia um your your backyard is is unbelievable and you i see your backyard on instagram so would you say you use instagram as 
I love dogs and I've built the backyard of your dreams. Sorry. Ha ha. That's what I think you're saying every time I see pictures of your feet. Because it's like, look how I'm relaxing in this glorious heaven. You're not here. I am. Sorry. I'm here. I live here. It's incredible. Yeah. Um, but would you say that that's more of a fun thing or do you consider that as part of your marketing at all? No, uh, this, and here's the thing, if, if to our point about only do the, you know, platforms that you enjoy, um, those are just what I enjoy, which is my garden and my dogs, occasionally some new liquor posts, but mostly it's my garden, my dogs, uh, and people who are like, Oh, I love that lady who posts about the garden and the dogs. And then occasionally, right? Like once a month, there's a post like, Hey, there's a new short story on Patreon. Like, Oh shit. She writes stuff too. Um, and so it's a very low key, like if you're just here for dogs and gardens, that's fine. But just to remind you, I also write shit and that's how I can afford dogs and gardens. Um, so if you want to support more dogs and garden pictures, uh, please support that. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't see it as a conscious branding or conscious. It's just like, here are the things that I love. And that's the thing too, right? More like, um, and with your streaming and, and with even the stuff that we write, right? We are, here are the things that we love. Oh, do you love those too? Great. And that's, that's how you build that affinity. Oh, here are people who love those things also. Cause I think if you try to be all things to all people, you come out mushy and generic and doughy and nobody's interested. Um, so instead it's about, Hey, what am I interested in? And what am I passionate about? And, you know, then people come to you for that. So. so do you do any um, analytics of figuring out where your followers come from? Because I am curious, it's like, if people find, wow, there's a woman with this amazing backyard and very cute dogs, and apparently one of your dogs is a big wuss and won't go across the bridge that you oh. built in your backyard. That's the that's the p- picture I saw today. Um, do you know if any of them find you and think, oh, wow, she's an author. Oh, wow, she writes really awesome science fiction. Does that... You know, I don't know. Um... Yeah. I, I mean, I, I don't really have the analytics. I have the analytics for like how many people view videos or how many people, um, you know, are engaged with the posts, but like, I don't know how many people actually then become patrons or whatever based yeah. on that. Cause here's the thing is also again, to the point, like I'm just doing it cause I enjoy it. And some of it also, especially on Instagram, you know, after I unfollowed everyone on Twitter, I refollowed, I, I followed a bunch of authors on Instagram and that was my way of kind of connecting with other authors too. So it's also just a platform I use for connecting with other authors in a way that I can't on Twitter because Twitter's a hot disaster. Um, and also, yeah, you know, um, I don't know. It's very low key. It's one of those things. I don't think that you can, well, you can, you can optimize and monetize all the shit in the world. Um, but do you want to, I mean, I don't know. So yeah, I'm aware of it, but I don't stress about it. I, if that makes any sense, like I'm aware that this is a platform, you know, with a few thousand people on it and that I should remind them occasionally, Oh, I write books and here's so you can support me, but I don't stress about mm-hmm. it. Okay. So, um, one of the interesting things I'm finding out and, and, it's probably it probably coincides both with having a kid and getting older but suddenly even though growing up and getting onto the internet 
when I did, you know, in the mid nineties, I thought like, I know this place. And then as I got older, more and more stuff started coming around. I started feeling more and more like an old woman going, what the hell is this discord thing? And uh, poor numbers ninja. Yeah. Yeah. Poor numbers ninja in the chat was just going like, telling me about discord and stuff when she was in the eighth grade i'm like i got no i and then finally i started using it. i'm like all right all right i need help what's the discord thing and uh you know now we have clubhouse which people mm-hmm. were excited about at first and then um someone yelled that they they eat all your contacts so i put it on my ipad and it fretted a long time that i wouldn't be able to find anybody ever Unless I gave them access to my contacts, but uh, strangely, I could search for people that I wanted to follow. But um, I thought it might be interesting to get involved with, but I haven't. And I'm wondering, <laughs> is, is, I don't even know what the question is. Basically, it's like we're in our 40s. We're, we're using the tools we have. New tools are coming along and you're, you're. You're doing your own marketing. You're pushing yourself as an author. How how much do you look for the new thing coming along? Or how much do you go, I'm fucking 40. I'm tired. I'm going to do what I can with what I have. And as long as Twitter and Instagram don't go down, I have my tools. Well, first of all, let's 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 circle back. Fuck Twitter and Instagram and any other social media channel. You need an email list, right? Oh, you need shit. your new. Yeah, we haven't even talked about that. That is an email list of fans that you own. And in fact, that I promote mine a couple times a day. Like, hey, sign up for latest early giveaways and all this bullshit. Um, because that you own across every platform. So that list, 2,000, 3,000, whatever people, um, you own that. All of these other things, are flash in the pan, but there it's right, Mer. You know, live journal. Um, because we're of that age, Mer. Um, shit <laughs> yes. goes away. Uh, and I think that you know, we forget about most important assets to you are your own personal website that you yes. own the domain and you have to own the back end, all that shit, and your email list. Yeah, uh, so- because that been on your email list you can go hey now i'm on xyz channel but then, but okay so you'll circle back to your question um because my day job i do have to keep track of like what's the new hot thing the kids are doing today right. um there are platforms that i'm just not it, it's just not my wheelhouse tiktok i love it it's cute i you know follow some dog accounts i don't i'm not a video person i, yeah. I don't really do a lot of video um, I can do written stuff. I can do, again, you know, Twitter. I can do the occasional photo, maybe a photo story if I'm feeling fancy. Um, but that it's not my wheelhouse to do video. And, and that's, again, it comes back to what are you enjoying? What do you enjoy doing? What do you want to put the time into? Yes, be aware of all of these things, but never feel like you need, you have to do something. Um, or you have to create content across every platform. And in fact, we tell that to clients at my day job. Hey, do not feel that you have to put content on every platform. Choose two that you want to do really, really well and you want to concentrate on. And yeah, maybe you decide 
later on, hey, I want to get rid of this channel that eh, I'm just not into it anymore and I want to go to this other channel. And that's great because it's more of my target audience or whatever. So I want to put my dollars into this other one instead of this one. That's great. That's fine. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I think that trying to be all things to all people is how people get burned out and tired and you never see them again. Okay. So let me talk to you. I've not been good with email lists and, um, I may have rage quit MailChimp a couple of weeks ago, um, because I had an email list and I wasn't using it and I thought, you know what, I'm going to use it. I've got some stuff to send out. Um, I'm going to report on some stuff and I will say someone sent me an affiliate link to promote their thing. And I looked at it and I thought it was worth it. So I also put that in there and I sent it out and MailChimp locked me down because of spam. And I'm like, Oh, MailChimp. Part, part of it, I was really angry because all of my shit is opt-in. I will never, ever right. put people on an email list. I hate that so much when it's done to me. And it's like you, 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 you exchange a friendly email with another author and then suddenly you're on their fucking list. And I'm like, when did I opt into this? I hate that so much. I will never do it to anybody on my audience. And the fact that people thought I was spam really, really pissed me off. And I blamed MailChimp. And so I, uh, I rage quit the entire thing. So I don't have an email list now. Oh, Christ, you didn't, Mur, you didn't download rage your, quit. rage quit. That's, that's Mur! what rage quit is. So really, here's okay. the thing. It's a learning opportunity, friends. Yes. If you want to fucking destroy MailChimp, that is your right. I left MailChimp off. <laughs> fucking list. Oh, Christ. The thing is, here's the problem. I was not using it. And I, 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 know, I, know. I, 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 Sorry. clearly I did the wrong thing and I'm, I'm not happy about it, but it happened. So, but I, I've been hearing more and more how much more important it is and more and more tools are coming out and, um, I'm realizing I need to do it, but here's my thing. I feel overwhelmed when it comes to too many platforms such as. I have people, if you pay me as little as a dollar a month, you will get, like, archives, Discord, and messages from me. And if you want to give me more, great. But that's, that's like, what a dollar gives you. And I'm thinking, okay, so I've got this message to Patreon supporters. Some people have newsletters that they charge for, so... How does that fit with my Patreon supporters? So I want to say, oh, and if you want my longer letter, go give me money over here. And if you want, and now there's like Kofi and Jemmy and, and these other things that seem like a good idea to get into, but how do you layer it to your not like pissing off the people who've supported you on Patreon for like, what, seven years now? I'm not going to like say, oh, but you, you, you can only get this other thing if you go to this platform. I'm, I get confused when it comes to as many, I try to think marketing, but then I try to think of supporting my audience who've supported me for so long. So do you charge for your newsletter and what do you put in your newsletter that you don't put on your messages to patrons? Um, I consider them two different audiences, even though there's overlap, right? So what I will put in a newsletter is, holy shit, we are doing a pre-order giveaway for XYZ book. 
And also I'll add in there, oh, and here's the latest Patreon stories that maybe you've missed. Uh, and then it'll be like, hey, I have a new book release today. Holy shit, go get it now. And here are some Patreon stories that maybe you've missed. That's all my newsletter is, which is why I don't charge for it. Okay. Uh, a reminder, again, to the point, right, of, oh, I didn't know you had a new book out. Mm-hmm. Oh, I didn't know God's War has, you know, my first uh, series has three books all the time. So to me, it's just an extra little, an extra channel for, hey, just a reminder, this new big work is coming out. Oh, and here's some other things you might be interested in. Another big work coming out. Um, and and I, I get people charging for newsletters. And um, actually, one of the ones I subscribe to is Transfer Orbit by Andrew. Oh, anyway, it's Transfer Orbit. It's really good. And it's because he curates book content. And he does reviews of books and really in-depth interviews and things like that of uh, other authors. I find it very valuable content. But it is new interesting long form content it's not like hey i have a new book mm-hmm. and i don't know hey i have a new book hey i have a new book becky chambers says that hey i have a new book you know that's that's fine because it reminds people um but yeah I, I i don't know and here's the thing though more also so the reason i started patreon is because i would get people coming to me and saying hey i love all your stuff i've read all of your books i bought them in every format imaginable how else can i support you mm-hmm and Patreon was a really great way to say, oh, you want more? I can give you more, but I just need some help. Um, so let's let's go ahead and do that. To me, Patreon was for diehard fans who have already bought everything we've bought, but they want to give that little extra. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I don't think it's necessarily terrible to be like, hey, I have another thing that's extra. If you want it, you know, over here, here's another thing that's extra. But as a creator, is that something that you really want to do and to put the time into and all of that? That's what you need to consider as a creator is, is this worth my time? You know, and I'm, am I really giving, you know, a, a value for whatever dollar amount I'm charging for my newsletter? Um, and I know Sarah Gailey, uh, they are doing a, um, like flash fiction now on their newsletter and, um, yeah, they've recipe- a- yeah, they have a whole going on with that so it's like yeah if you're providing real value again mark my marketing speak providing value um then yeah people are going to pay for it uh right now at this point in time i don't have the bandwidth i still have a day job right like i'm all these plates um i don't have the time to be like no i'm going to provide you with even more content i just can't so instead that it's a free newsletter and it's just Hey, in case you missed it, here are some cool things going on. Or here's a new giveaway. Here you can get a, a, a Nyx pin, you know, if you sign up for whatever, whatever, or pre-order, you know, Apocalypse Nyx Volume 2 or something. So, right, yeah, I'll get it. So Underpope asks, um, what about Goodreads? I personally quit it a few weeks ago, but is it useful for writers? I'll let no. you go first on that. Okay. <laughs> that, go ahead, Mark. I have... I... I've used it as a way to log the books that I am reading and the books that I have read. And I enjoy using it as a user. I almost do nothing as a writer on it. I've actually put, I have a writer Goodreads account and I say, do not contact me here because I don't look here. 
So if you want to contact me, here's my email address. And then I log in and I have a whole bunch of questions that came from two years ago because I don't check messages on Goodreads. And I'm like, okay, so you didn't read the thing. Okay. But um, I've seen so much awful come out of Goodreads that I don't really want to go in there as an author. It just does not feel like a safe... It's a trap. It's, it's a trap. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. It it feels like a trap. It's it's just like I don't want to. I don't want to look at my own reviews. Look, I've got an ego the size of a walnut. I, you know, I read a bad review. I'm done for the day. I'm just so sad. So I don't want to read my reviews on Goodreads. I nobody's really asked me any questions to where we could go back and forth on Goodreads. Um, I don't know. It's. I like using it as a user, and I, I will admit, but I'll never say who. Um, you can ask me when we're done streaming, Cameron. I I used to review books that I was reading, but uh, I deleted them all when I became a writer, and suddenly those people became my peers. Some of my hey, I, I've given some of my peers three star reviews. Yes, but we've established, like Cameron. You're a lot stronger than I am, so. <laughs> I just figured, you know, if I ran into X person at a con and they, the kind of person who reads their reviews and they'd seen that I said, this book is brilliant except for this shit, which is so stupid, I can't get past it, which is kind of what I said about one book. Um, yeah, I, I just didn't want to do it. I, I did not, I'll review things that are not my genre now. So, hmm. yeah, I, I don't, don't do reviews anymore. Um, yeah, and I know I had a friend whose publisher gave his book a three-star review on Goodreads. <laughs> yeah. And Sorry. It's, it's, it's unbelievable. It's like, and then there's the... Just stay off Goodreads. Don't make an account. Just don't yeah. do it. Yeah. There's no point. Again, unless you want to use it as, yeah, you just start, you know, um... You can do it under a pseudonym or whatever and keep track of your book reads and whatever. Yeah. And yeah, don't make an author account. There's, there's no benefit to me. Um, my Amazon author account, honestly, I think is probably more useful in that. It's just that, Oh, it surfaces more information. So you create it. There's information about you, blah, blah, blah. Um, but I don't, I don't get anything. I haven't logged into Goodreads and who knows? Who knows? Yeah. I really did like logging and tracking my books. Um, I liked doing their yearly challenge of read X many books, but that's as far as it went for me. And um, just Mert, maybe you should just make a, a throwaway pseudonym account, anonymous account, like a yeah. you know Mister Mister Darby account. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, uh, Dice Lily says, I keep hearing horror stories about hopeless moderating and people threatening to review bomb if you don't pay them for a good review. I just can't. Yeah, that's that's ridiculous. No. Just um, stay away. Uh, it's not a healthy Yeah, I think there was that, wasn't there a woman who freaked out when someone gave her a four-star review and said in the <laughs> review it was four and a half, but that still wasn't good enough for this author. Oh, I remember that one. Yeah, that was, that was cool. Uh, the funny thing is, is that, like, 
there, I could totally get off on a big tangent now, and I'll try not to, but the whole concept of we're going to give you a five-star rating option, but really, this is pass or fail. One, two, three, and four is fail. Five is pass. So if I didn't give you the best customer experience ever, I'm going to fail. So you got to give me five stars. And I'm thinking, what is a five-star customer service at a... I think it was I, I signed I had to pay for parking at a concert and I can't remember how it worked out that they had my email address, but they asked me like for this parking situation, was it a five star experience? I'm like, what the fuck is a five star parking experience? I don't even know. It's, yeah, it's like you gave me a vodka martini yes. as I was and and like oh you go ahead you know and like like took my coat for me and shit like that and that's the thing too you see with like DoorDash and all these other uh, sort of Instacart and all that is they live and die on these things mm-hmm. more and more now the up or down right with DoorDash and things like that which I think is good I had a good experience I had a bad experience yeah because that's the the unfair thing with Goodreads is there are plenty many many books where I'm like yes I like this that's three stars yeah there people are- have different opinions. <laughs> Yeah, number that I'm like, holy shit! I keep thinking about this book. It changed my life. Yeah, that's a five. There's, there's, yeah, that's a five. I, I'm not gonna apologize for not giving a book a five that I just enjoy. Yeah. So a whole other problem. Yeah. Yeah, everyone's got their own opinion on what one, two, three, four, and five means. Three is my the, the way I describe a three is I'm stuck in a beach house and I found a book on the shelf and the power went out, so I read it and I finished it. <laughs> Yeah, I was entertained. Yeah, I didn't stop reading it because I found it to be boring and offensive. Yeah, so. yeah. Three is good. Yeah, yeah. three's yeah. It's it's average, and mm-hmm. you know, considering how bad some things are, shooting for average is okay. I, say, I don't even know that average is you know cuts it when we talk about you know uh, books. It's like, let's be real. A lot of books I read, I don't I don't finish. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, and then I never. I never even rate them. Frankly, never even rating a book is worse than any rating you can give a book. Because unless you're one of those dudes who, well, they're women too, but unless you're one of those people who just, you know, gives a one star to something that you've never read just because. Yeah. Just again, stay off their feet. Yeah. Yeah. And the people who give books bad reviews on Amazon because they got someone else mispackaged something and they got that book instead of what they ordered and so they're going to take it out on the author or because what is this lesbians in space oh no no lesbians in space my favorite negative review that sold so many books yeah yeah that's the funny thing is um people don't get that that sometimes a once a passionate angry one-star review will sell books sometimes and i think that's the other thing you know we talk about you know, as authors, like, don't take it personally and put it in perspective and all that. Because what a great negative review does is it, uh, Mad Max Fury Road. I was not going to watch it. I was like, uh, Mad Max, oh, Fury, you know, they're pro- it's probably going to be all abused about women and they're going to, it's going to be horrible. They're going to hate it. And then, like, all of the men's rights activists were like, oh, this is terrible. Ooh, crying tears. Oh, I can't watch this. Oh, it's it's so feminist. And I'm like, it's feminist? What the fuck? <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh, my God, I enjoy this show. So there, you have to remember that sometimes really bad reviews that are like, you know, 
the opposite of what your target audience, you know, would love. And then you're like, I'm going to surface this review that says lesbians in space. And literally people were like, lesbians in space. I've got it. I'm, I'm, I'm buying it right now. And I still get good. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Shell asks, what do you recommend for your email list when you don't have the shiny new book slash contest slash pre-order to promote? Don't send anything. So here's my thing. Um, my marketing brain says you should contact people at least once a month. The problem is we don't really have anything to promote. Um, if you want to share a recipe or you want to share, Hey, here's my garden pollen project. That's great. If you can do it once a month. Um, but frankly, and again, I get Becky Chambers's um, uh, newsletter and it's literally only when she's got something coming. Hey, I just want to remind you guys, but and it could be every two months or three months or, you know, whenever. Um, I would not stress about it. I, I just wouldn't stress about it. If especially if it's not something that you know you can put a lot of time into, um, I would. I would myself. I wait until I have something. And if you don't have something, yeah, you can come up with content once a month. That's fine. But don't be upset if you don't. Right. That's fine. Okay. Uh, Catwood just got here. Forgot about the second stream. Sorry, Catwood. Um, Murr forgot about the second stream, too. Thank you, Cameron. <laughs> no problem. I'm here to help. Yes, Underpope reminded. I'm like, hey, my next stream will be Monday. And Underpope's like, aren't you interviewing Cameron tonight? I'm like, oh, yeah. That 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 happened. Yeah, I, I, I totally prepared for that. The thing is, I have been prepared because I've been wanting to talk about social media with Cameron for a very long time. I just forgot it was Thursday. I took a wrong turn and ran four and a half miles this morning. I, I been kind of brain tired all day. A lot of miles. It yeah. is. It is. So, uh, let's see. Veil of Fights Cat says, there's one reviewer who leaves bad reviews on all the Griffin books because they're not like real Griffins. And it's fascinating to read her reviews to find out what real Griffins are like. Wow, that is dedication. This is a good reason why Goodreads just, just it, erase it from your brain. Just, you know, let them have their discussions. Let readers be readers on Goodreads. That's fine. Exactly. Yeah. This is why you shouldn't read your own reviews because they're not written for you. There's nothing you can do about a bad review. Absolutely nothing. Unless you, like, as my ex-agent used to say, unless you wrote a racist then maybe you should learn about something you should do next time. Oh, thanks for following Lucid Dreaming Radio. Welcome. Um, unless you do something terrible that you can learn from, there's nothing you can do about a bad review except for just sit there and feel bad. So yeah, you can't answer it. You can't change the book if they're right. So why read it and feel bad? Yeah. So here's my thing with reviews. Um, I do have like the first week or two that a new book comes out. I will read reviews that are under four stars and I will do that just to see if, yeah, there's something problematic that I missed. There's something, um, you know, that again, that's somewhere in the process that I fucked something up. Um, and I will read reviews for that reason that are maybe, you know, less, and I will steal myself to not take it personally. Um, 
But after that initial period, I will be like, okay, well, do you like it or you don't? Um, and to me, that was important because, you know, with my first series, I was dealing with lots of things that were out of my wheelhouse. Uh, and I wanted to make sure that subsequent books, I didn't, you know, mess stuff up or, um, you know, someone a couple of times has pointed out things that, oh, this is problematic for XYZ. I'm like, oh, shit, it totally is. So I will do that maybe like the first week or two. Um, but frankly, after that, I do not have the spoons to mm-hmm. look at anything below four stores. <laughs> and that's fine. And here's the thing. That's fine. It's okay. You can do that. Like you are in control and you don't have to read every review. Yeah. So. Exactly. Well, Cameron, I have kept you here for an hour and 15 minutes. Yeah. I'm hmm. sorry for, for going above our hour time limit goal. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, if you have any more questions about uh, social media or uh, email lists or World of Warcraft, go ahead and put them in the chat now. Or uh, you can ask Cameron on Twitter later, which is a great opening for how to find you on Twitter. I believe we've linked your Patreon and your Instagram in the chat. Um, tell us about you on Twitter. Yeah, me on Twitter, I'm just at Cameron Hurley, and that's just Cameron with a K. So mm-hmm. I keep I keep it simple. Keep it real. Yeah. Uh, thank you, Coffee Slippers. Welcome. Uh, such a great philosophy. You can't make everyone happy. That's it. It's like, I think that- if you have... If you have all threes and fours, then that's actually bad. I, I consider it because you want to make people passionate. If you when you actually build a bell curve, when you've got someone's on the fives and you've got some people on the ones, that is like a good range. Someone's always going to hate what you do. If as long as you get a no, large enough number of people, it's just going to happen. I mean, yeah, I, I keep telling people to go on uh, Amazon and read the reviews for the Bible and Shakespeare and Gaiman and Rowling. There's going to be some ones in there, very passionate ones. And um, so if you're if you're getting like threes, mostly threes and fours, um, then you need to up something and and get people passionate about your stuff. If you're getting all fives, someone's lying. Um, they're all yeah it's just your friends and family and then you have like 10 reviews it's just friends and family yeah, yeah you don't want well you know lev gross actually talks about this uh the, for with the magicians if you look at uh, the uh reviews on the magicians it's either a ton of ones and twos or tons of fours and fives yeah there's like very little middle ground and it's actually a good sign because it means that you have yeah. made feel passionately about a work whether it's positively or negatively they're going to talk about it and that to me is creating a work that someone feels they need to talk about is way more um important than a, a mediocre right that's oh i guess it was a book because there's tons of mediocre oh it's a book out there right what you want is a book that makes you go holy shit um i just blurbed a book called Leech, which is out from um, Tor in August 2022. And it is a parasitic, gothic body horror novel. Tons of content warnings about abuse and power and the end of the world and all sorts of things. But I can't stop thinking about it. And I keep telling people about it because I'm just like, it blew, halfway through, it blew my mind. The whole puzzle box opened up and it was amazing. And that's what you want. 
when you're writing a work is for someone to go, holy shit, this was great. Or holy shit, this was horrible. I can't believe anyone had ever written this. This is offensive to everyone who ever lived. And because they're like, man, I have to check that out if it's offensive to everyone who ever lived, you know? So. Yeah, they're going to get a couple of one stars going, oh, my God, the body horror. How could someone write this? Oh, oh shit. And oh, this. Oh, yeah. They, they are absolutely going to get a lot of one stars and they're getting a lot of five stars. Like, I could not stop thinking about this. Yeah. Can I get an arc, do you think? Yeah. <laughs> Mer, should I forward it to you? I forwarded it to Jason, my husband, Jason. Yeah. And he's like, holy shit, this book is good. I was like, wait till you get to the midway point and the whole thing opens up yeah so i'm gonna yeah, there was a book where right now. I, 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 won't, I won't say what book it was because it is a more of a downside but there was a book where i read it and it blew my mind and not quite in a good way where i'm just like i cannot fucking believe you went there and now you've lost me as a reader and jim was reading it like a couple chapters behind me and i'm sitting there in bed and i'm looking at his page count and i'm like he's he's about to reach that part he, he's about to reach that part and then he just looks up at me. He's like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, you found the part, didn't you? And I love, mine was opposite. Because I was like, why did Carl send this to Carl Aguilar, uh, mm. a tour um, uh, uh, champion. He's the editor of lots of amazing queer books, like uh, Getting the Ninth and, and many other things that yeah, are docile. Uh, docile, yeah. yeah. Uh, it was really, again, stuff with abuse and power and all these things. Uh, and he'd send it to me, and I'm reading it, reading it, and I'm like, okay, I, okay, I see. But I just don't know why Carl picked up this book. Literally halfway through, I was like, holy shit! Oh my god! And then I couldn't stop reading. So, and then I sent him the blurb, and he's like, yeah, right? You got halfway through, and you're like, I couldn't stop reading. I was like, yes, exactly! So, anyway, I've sent it to Mur, so. Yay! Um, awesome. Cameron, you're always fun to have on the show. I have not found proof of life for Matt, so we're going to try to hope he comes. He's not, like, knife fighting in the Himalayas or anything. Uh, I mean, if he is, that's fine. It's just that I'm, I understand then because there's no cell phone signal, so. That's true. That's true. And that would give him life and energy um, if he were doing So, Matt, I guess I am hoping you're knife fighting in the Himalayas. I just need proof of life if you don't yeah. mind. Um so, I am Mer Lafferty. You've been watching Ditch Diggers, usually co-hosted with Matt Wallace, but now with Cameron Hurley standing in for Matt. Thank you, Cameron, for coming online and telling us the thing I've been wanting to talk about with you for probably a full year now. I don't know why it took us this long. But please, if you're just here, if you're like here in the last half, Go back to the beginning, either subscribe to the podcast or watch the VOD because I've been wanting to get Cameron on to talk about how you can control your social media to actually enjoy it, using it as a marketing tool and not get driven off with flames and pitchforks. Um, you can't you can't fix all, but you can protect yourself a lot better than I believe a lot of celebrities do. So um, you can find me at merverse.com and mightymer at gmail.com. And if you're listening to this later, you can watch Ditch Diggers live on Twitch for the rest of the summer. We have a floating schedule because I have guests and I'm trying to adhere to when they can do it. So it's Tuesday, Wednesday, or Thursday. Just check out Twitch. Twitch.tv slash mightymer. I think that's it. Um... We do have a quote from Vale Who Fights Cats. In social media, as in Warcraft warrior tanking, be sure to hit the block button a lot. Cameron, presumably. Nice.
Yes. Thank you, everybody in chat who hung out. Thank you, Cameron. Is there anything you want to tell the people that I forgot to tell? No, just keep uh, kicking ass and fighting the man. You can support us at patreon.com slash mightymurr. Ditch Diggers! Theme song by Devo Spice. DevoSpice.com